As a cactus, you're as charming as an eel, Mr. Grinch. December 22nd, welcome to the final H-Bomb show of 2017. My name is Nick Navarre. Hanson's 25th anniversary is over. The Hanson Christmas concerts are done, and here we are. Not a lot of setup necessary for this episode. We're just going to end the year with a bunch of people's favorite Hanson experiences. Much like our Halloween show, these stories don't necessarily have to involve Hanson directly. They just have to be something that occurred because Hanson exists. We've got a lot of past guests, along with some emails from listeners. Some are short, some are several minutes. All are people's favorite Hanson memories. They put them together for Santa! Hey! Merry Christmas! Yo, yo, yo! Hey, I don't think you got it right, Santa! No, 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 it's... Ho, ho, ho. What's the freaking difference? Where I come from is yo, yo, yo. Oh, looks like we got a 90-proof Santa. We're actually going to start off with my favorite Hanson memory. The funny thing about this story is it's actually the same show that had the really bad experience I mentioned on the Halloween episode. So this was the Underneath Acoustic DVD taping show in 2003. I had gone to two nearby shows in 2000, but the Underneath Acoustic tour was the first time I had gone out of town for any concerts for any artist. As I mentioned on the earlier show, I got there the night before the show to wait for the line to start forming. After the bad situation I mentioned previously finally got resolved, stuff got sort of back to normal meaning we had about 16 hours of waiting in a parking lot before the show started. Since I was still kind of a rookie at this and had only waited out like this twice before, it wasn't easy, but at least I knew a few people out there with me this time. 
I did manage to get somewhat separated from my friends once the line had started forming. And keep in mind, this was before they did the walks, so there's really no chance to reset anything, and things were looking worse as time went on. I was in an okay spot. Would have probably been maybe third row, which hardly seemed worth the wait I had just gone through, especially because I was separated from my friends now. About 30 minutes before doors, some security guy came up to me and asked me to come with him. Now, if anyone knows what the Chicago House of Blues security was like in the 2000s, this didn't seem good. Although I had no idea what could be going on unless some girl falsely claimed I had cut in front of them or something. So I stood there for a minute or two, and then the security guy came back with two other guys and said, At the request of the band, we've been instructed to bring any guys to come up to the front if they want to. One guy said no since he was with his girlfriend or something, but myself and the other guy accepted. The fans nearby started buzzing a few moments later, and people started to suspect something was going on, and angrily began asking, What? What are you guys doing? I ignored them, and a minute later, they brought us in. I walked up the stairs to the main floor. In kind of a funny moment, the meet-and-greet people were also coming up the stairs on the opposite side of the room at the same time. Some security guy yelled, Stop them! referring to the meet-and-greet people, to ensure me and the five or so other guys they had rounded up would be given first access. Looking at this from a 2017 perspective, it's kind of odd, but you have to remember back then they'd probably kill to have a bunch of guys at their concert, so them wanting the DVD to make it seem like a bunch of guys are there by putting them in the front actually sort of makes sense. As I was standing there leaning against the barricade, I thought, wow, this is a great way to end meaning both for me and the band since it was the last show of the tour. At the time, I didn't have any inkling that I'd continue to travel to stuff to varying degrees over the next 14 years. The show was great. I only really had three or so songs I wanted to hear, and they played all of them. They had the benefit of an entire tour in this style behind them, so there were minimal issues. Only a couple of retakes were required at the end of the set. The general feeling in the crowd was great, Aside from the girls who were angry I was in front, but I tuned them out after a while. Even though it was a taped show, it felt loose. I remember talking back and forth with Zach a few times during the set, even. It was a fun show. Maybe not my favorite ever, but definitely in my top four or five. The two guys on either side of me seemed like okay people. The guy to the right of me actually seemed really cool, but I never saw him at another show again after this, which kind of struck me as odd. The last song that was taped for the DVD was this time around. After the song was over, Zach handed me his drumsticks. It's funny because not only do you see it on the DVD, but if you take out the DVD insert, one of the pictures in the collage is me holding them. Of all the ways to end a pretty exhausting 24 plus hours, that was about as great as it got. Just as much as the experience of the show itself, that show is what introduced me to a ton of people over the next few years. Before I got identified as Tall Bald Guy on the 5 of 5 shows in 2010, I was just the big guy in the front on the Underneath Acoustic Live DVD. I can claim I was shown in a clip on the Ryan Seacrest show and on a VH1 special. Although the strangest fallout from that was probably several months after the show, I had a friend who I hadn't talked to since high school six years earlier send me a message online saying he was flipping through the channels 
and saw a guy who looked just like me on a VH1 Hanson concert special. That was a fun explanation. Here is Holly Snyder. So it's really hard to pick a favorite, so I don't want to say that this is my absolute favorite thing that's ever happened, but definitely one of my favorite tour memories comes out of um, 2013 in Vancouver. Uh, They did a fan club uh, members-only event before the show, and it was really small. There were like maybe 50 of us in there, um, just about two rows of people, and they played, I think, five or six songs for us, and one of the songs they played was On and On, which is one of my favorite songs. Um, But it was just really special because for that particular performance, um, and it was such a small room of people, for the last verse, they stepped forward away from the microphones and they crouched down at the edge of the stage. Um, And my friends and I were front and center and there was no barricade. So they were, you know, three feet right in front of us. And they sang that last verse acapella just right in front of us. And it was just a really cool moment to be a part of, to have you know, your favorite band singing one of your favorite songs, like, within arm's reach. So that was definitely a really cool moment. This one was sent in by Kim from Edmonton, Alberta. Aside from all the amazing shows I've been to in quite a few different cities, one of my favorite experiences was during Hanson Day in 2016. My friends and I, three-fifths of us, it was our first Hanson Day, had had an amazing time at the I Love to Bowl event. We didn't care if we won, we just wanted to have some fun. And we bowled pretty bad, I thought. As they were announcing the winners, they announced third place and then second place. When they announced second place, we turned to each other and thought, wow, we must have bowled really bad. Then Zach announced, and in first place, with the highest ever Hanson Bowling Tournament score, the Global G-L-O-B-O-W-L gals, Global gals. We were in shock. We couldn't believe we won. We were on cloud nine for the rest of the day. This is Heather Walker. So I actually have a lot of best Hanson memories but there are a few that stick out more than the others. One of them being Chicago on the Anthem Tour. The reason that I loved it is because A, I was front row, and B, it was really awesome because actually when I started loving Hanson, was not, it wasn't until Penny and me, I heard that on the radio and I was like, oh, this is Hanson, they're actually good. Obviously after that, one of the first things I bought was Underneath Acoustic Live, the DVD, which was recorded at the Chicago House of Blues. It just like commemorates the beginning of my love for them. That night when we were front row, they did Penny and Me, and it was just like really like meaningful to me because of that. Before this show, we actually got the door opened by Nick Ryan <laughs> with the most godly look on his face, being like, Hey, you guys can come to the meet and greet with me. So I had my first like official Hanson meet and greet where it was just like the three of us in a room with the three of them. And right after we walked into the room, it smelled like dank Mexican food. So I just looked at Hanson and I was like, which one of you guys farted? (laughs) And they said nothing. So I was like, okay, well, I'll just stand here while like Morgan was just talking to Taylor. Nick was talking to Zach and 
I think me and Isaac were just standing there really awkwardly, but it was just really awesome. This email was sent in by Jody. I've been following the band for 20 years, and I've been fortunate to attend multiple concerts, Hanson Days, Back to the Islands, special events like 5 of 5, etc. And the memories get blurred, so I can't really pinpoint when this happened, but the fact that it happened is what stands out for me. The first concert I ever attended was Three Dog Night, and as I'm one of the older fans, this happened back in the early 70s when I was 14. Never Been to Spain was one of my favorite songs of theirs. The first time I heard Hanson cover it was a revealing moment for me. Hearing the song brought me back to my first concert, the development of my love for music, and full circle to my favorite band today. It made me think of all the years between those two times, the path that my musical taste has taken, and the musical constants in my life. I'm still a fan of Three Dog Night, and when Hanson sings Never Been to Spain, my younger self and my current self come together with music fusing the bond. Here's one from Samantha Leffler. My favorite memory was back in 2008, April 15th, in Indiana. Um, Hanson came to the Murat, which is now the old National Center. And in the last song, it was like their encore song, my older sister and I decided to go outside and stand by the little barricade area by their bus. And we were just waiting to see if we could meet them. Um, we were just talking about how we didn't think they were coming out. And I turn around and Zach is walking in the parking lot behind us, just by himself. So shy little me yells his name and he turns around and looks at us and I'm like, please come, come over here and take a picture with us. And he says, you do not want a picture with me. I am sweaty. I need to go shower and I'll come back. So I look at my sister and I'm like, he is not coming back. It was not even probably 15, 20 minutes later. Here he comes and he came straight to us. He didn't even like make us wait. He came over and um, talked to us and took a picture with us. So that was my, that was my best time, <laughs> best memory. This is Morgan Cavanaugh. My best Hanson concert experience probably occurred on the Anthem tour at the second Chicago date. I was there with Nick Ryan and Heather, and we were just going to go into a meet and greet that Nick had got for us. And it was kind of messed up because their manager was saying something about how he thought we couldn't all go into the meet and greet because it didn't say how many specific people or something. But anyway, Eventually, we all got to go inside, and before we went inside, there was this Adele song on the radio, and I started singing it because uh, some random person told me to sing it that was standing there that had heard me sing before or something. I don't know about that. But she just told me to start singing, so I did. And I was singing, I think it was Rumor Has It. Then all of a sudden, Taylor opens the door, like because we were about to go into the meet and greet, and we went in first, and he says, who is singing out there? And I said it was me, and he didn't believe it was me, so I sang something for him for like five seconds inside of the meet and greet. And he told me that I had a beautiful voice and that I should become a singer. And I told him I had sung a little bit of opera at my school, but not really that much. And he told me that I should be a singer, so 
I then did become a singer. And here we are now. Here's one from Bran Simmons. 2013 was the anthem tour. I got a meet and greet in Birmingham, Alabama, and it was obviously my first meet and greet. And um, so I, I wanted a meet and greet just because I wanted to be front row, which I'd never gotten before. So I'd already met him and everything and gotten pictures, so I wasn't really too excited about the, um, the actual meet and greet. But I went back there anyway and um, took the pictures, and then I stayed behind as everyone went to go get by the stage, and I asked Zach if I could have his drumstick. He said that he would try, but he probably would not be able to remember, but he would try. He doesn't like to promise anything because he has a really bad memory. And I said, I am wearing a bright polka dot dress. I will be on the front row. You can't miss me. And he did smile and say that I did look memorable and he would probably give me a drumstick. So I was on cloud nine and I went out there, but I wasn't getting my hopes up. The The whole show was great. And then at the end, he grabbed his drumsticks and he walked over to where I was and he handed me both of them and smiled at me and then walked away and then I had to deal with the crowd harassing me because people wanted one of my drumsticks they wanted to pay for them they wanted to take pictures with them they wanted to touch them they wanted to kiss them and it was very weird but it was one of the not only the best tour moments, but one of the best moments of, of my life, which is probably stupid because, you know, it's just, just drumsticks. But, you know, I waited a long time for something like that. And then I got both of them. And also not a tour moment, but Back to the Island uh, 2017, I brought a dress and it was my first one and I've never uh, done any sort of tie-dyeing before. so. I asked Zach to roll it up for me um, because I really didn't understand how to do it. And he not only rolled it for me, but he tie-dyed the whole dress. And the guy, the guy standing next to me, got very jealous. And he's like, "Man, you're you're just you're just doing the whole thing for her. That's that's really some dedication right there." And it was, it made it very awkward because obviously the, the three guys are just walking around helping all their fans tie-dye and it wasn't a big deal. But the guy made it into such a big deal and I don't understand why he was so upset about it, but it was still, it was a, it was a fun moment. He took a, a while to tie-dye, he took his time and, and it made me realize that he's grown up so much and he just, he goes out of his way to to make fans feel appreciated and, and happy. This email came in from Faith. My favorite memory that happened because of Hanson was the day I got to meet Mark Hudson. He was doing a songwriter workshop at Canadian Music Week in 2008, the year I was volunteering. 
I got to go to the seminar, and afterwards, while a bunch of us were cleaning up, I went over to him to say hi and to tell him how much his work had influenced what I love about music. He's worked with so many artists and bands that I listen to, including Hanson, Aerosmith, Carole King, and so many more. It ended up being a little overwhelming, as I never expected to meet someone that I admire so much. But he was so sweet, and told me that part of the reason he loved what he did was meeting people who had been moved by his work. Not only did I get a great hug from him, he kissed me, which was kind of weird, but really cute. The next year, I ran into him again at the same event, and he gifted me with a personalized purple guitar pick, which I still have. If it hadn't been for Hanson and seeing them working in the studio with Mark on Tulsa, Tokyo in the middle of nowhere, I would have never known the kind of impact he'd had on something that had been so important to my life. Here's Ginger Dessert. My favorite Hanson uh, tour memory is uh, I went to several of the shows on the Underneath Acoustic Tour. Um, as most fans, I was really thrilled to have Hanson back on the road and uh, tried to get to see them as much as possible. Living in New York at the time, and I was planning to go to a couple of shows in this area on the East Coast, but I was also that same year um, scheduling in a couple of trips. I used to live in Seattle, so going uh, back to visit Seattle, and then there was a trip to Chicago. I had planned to visit a friend there, and um, had a lot of that already kind of set up when I found out that one of the underneath acoustic stops was this uh, place called Shuba's in Chicago. Uh, and I, I was already planning a trip to Chicago, and this concert happened to be the day before I was supposed to get there. This happened, the Chicago trip that I was already planning was basically a couple of days after I was coming back from Seattle. So I was going to Seattle, going back to New York, and then going back and then going to Chicago like two days later. It was just how that worked out. So I just changed my flight, which isn't necessarily easy to do. So I did this whole rigmarole of changing my flight and letting my friend know I was going to be there a day early. Uh, so I got there. I'm not sure exactly when in this whole process I figured out that Shubas is this teeny tiny venue. It holds like less than 500 people and was, of course, completely sold out. Uh, I didn't care. I just got there. I hung out with my friend. I dropped my stuff off. And I was like, just, you know, some, like two in the afternoon or something the day of the show. I said, just drop me off in front of Shubas. It was about 95 degrees full sun, there was nowhere to wait in the shade and just like drop me off there and I'll figure it out. So uh, so my friend dropped me off. This was like early, early days of cell phone. So I barely even had a functioning cell phone. And I said, yeah, I'll call you if I need a ride home. It might be in a couple hours. It might be after the show. I don't know. So everything was fully up to, you know, chance. So I got there, stood outside. The massive fans were there. Maybe, I don't know, I can't even guess, maybe 50 people standing out there maybe more and the tour bus was there it was blazing hot I didn't look very good I was sweating I was in a t-shirt and you know I was older than everybody else there and just kind of standing there waiting for a miracle to happen so I could go see this sold out show the two who I recognized I don't even remember his name but the guy who I I guess was the tour manager at that time, uh, came off the bus and was just kind of wandering around the crowd and nobody was really paying any attention to him. Um, but he was, I noticed he was just looking at 
people. And I had, I think at some point earlier, they had said something about having your Hanson.net cards out and visible or something. So I had actually like clipped my card to my t-shirt and was just standing there like an idiot with my card clipped to my t-shirt. And this tour manager came by and I just smiled at him and pointed at it. And he's like, okay, you. And then, and he, and then right around me, all these girls who were like at least 10 years younger than me were, were all like, what, 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 what's going on? And then there were a bunch of other people as well that he had sort of plucked out of the crowd. And he just, I don't even know what was happening. And he just kind of rounded us up and got us into the venue. And we had been um, all picked for meet and greets. I thought, well, this is cool. So we all, uh, you know, a little group he had gathered of us, the Hanson.net members. He just, you know, ushered us into the venue. Within a few minutes, um, we were all standing in line waiting to talk to Hanson. So this happened to be my second random meet and greet with with Hanson. The first one was during this time around tour. This was before you could sign up for them and all of that stuff. So this was completely random. I think there are some people there that were like um, radio contest winners and stuff like that, but we were just literally plucked out of the crowd. So I waited in line, um, went up and talked to them. Oh, and this was also, God, I just remembered this. I had a blog at the time, which is, doesn't exist anymore. I'm pretty sure it's gone from the internet completely. Uh, and this was a, a very brand new thing. Uh, at this time, you could record like a voice message on your phone. There was an app before we even knew what apps were that, and before I had a smartphone, you could record essentially a voicemail and post the audio clip to your blog or your website if you had one at the time. And so I fired up this sort of voice app and I walked up to the guys and it was like, hi, say hi to my blog. <laughs> And, like shove my phone up to them and at the same time kind of sweating and freaking out and like trying to like stay high and try to not seem like a crazy person and shoving my phone in their face and you know it was just this this crazy moment and and they were like hi um I think I think Zach said hi website and then I shut my phone off and hoped that I had posted it correctly to the website because uh, you couldn't hang up you had to actually do it at that time push the butt right buttons um, and I was shaking and then I did the usual like oh hi you're great you know just saw you in you know XYZ venues and you were wonderful and blah 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 the usual meet and greet stuff when we were finished with the meet and greet we were had to be shoved out of the way and so oh and I had a picture too so this is also before they had massive group pictures so I had a picture with them looking probably my worst ever they of course looked amazing uh, and then we were all ushered down to the venue proper, which again, tiny little, I think it was a former church, so tiny, tiny little space, but beautiful. It's all wood and, and, and just really great space. And so uh, I went down, they hadn't let the crowd in yet. So basically, you know, the, the bar was uncrowded, open, you could get a drink. Somebody had brought, I don't know, some wonderful fan who, you know, I love forever, brought them a big tray of cupcakes with the Hanson logo piped onto them as a decoration, which was just adorable. And they were just handing them out to people. So I had a Hanson cupcake and a beer. I got to, went to the bathroom. I, and then I walked into the venue up to the front of the stage and I was standing directly in front of where Taylor ended up being. No ticket. For that, I sincerely apologize, except I'm not sorry because it was the best time of my life. 
and very, very lucky and completely unexpected. I mean, I fully anticipated when my friend dropped me off, that's like, I'm going to call you in, in two hours because I didn't get in and this is hopeless and I'm sweating and it's, it's nasty. And, uh, then this miraculous thing happened. So yes. And then I got to see, uh, underneath acoustic in this tiny, tiny, tiny little venue from the front row. Probably, I think that was the only time I ever was in the front row for a Hanson concert. Um, that was intense and wonderful, and I would never have gone through all of that for any band other than Hanson. If there has ever been anyone with a more holiday-sounding name, I don't think I've met them. This email came in from our pal Holly Freeze. Back in September, during the Middle of Everywhere tour, my friends Holly, Laura, and I had a day off between shows in Atlanta and Raleigh. We spent quite a bit of time brainstorming ideas on something we could do that would be a balance between the I was born challenge mentality, but also not causing ourselves to face any physical harm or heart attacks. We settled on a hot air balloon ride over the Smoky Mountains near Asheville, North Carolina. We learned that hot air balloons only take off at sunrise, which means we had to leave after the show in Atlanta and drive straight through the night, straight to our balloon ride. We met our balloon pilot Rick at a Starbucks and took a shuttle bus to the launch site. We booked a private flight, so it was just the three of us plus Rick in the basket. On the way to the launch site, Rick asked us all where we were from, why we were in town, how we knew each other, that kind of stuff, which led to conversations about following Hanson around on tour. When we were planning our balloon ride, we made several references to literally getting fired up. We told Rick about the song, and he actually played it on his phone for us while he fired up the balloon for the initial launch. It was scarier at first than I had anticipated, but once Rick showed us that we could move around and not cause the basket to break, we all relaxed and enjoyed the trip. We spent about an hour flying seven miles, and the scenery was gorgeous. It was one of the most peaceful, serene experiences I've ever had. We also learned that balloon rides are traditionally accompanied with champagne. Holly and Laura aren't big drinkers, so they snuck me their glasses. Needless to say, after three glasses of champagne and no sleep in a 24-hour period, I was pretty loopy when the ride ended. If you've never ridden in a balloon, I highly recommend it. And finally, here's our friend Chris from mbobtastic.com. For me, in the latter years of my life, to become a fan, so many good things happened. Um, I mean, I learned to use technology. I learned to use a computer. I couldn't touch a computer before I became a fan. I only picked up a computer and and investigated because I wanted to know about the band. This is going back to 2000. So um, I learned to use just basics of a computer, and I learned to search online. I learned to um, use a bit of social media so I could um, be in touch with other people and find out about the band. And for me, sort of in my mid-40s, that was huge, I have to say. The other thing is that I've travelled so much. Um, I mean, so many places I've been to, either to see them 
or because I've been to visit other fans um, and spent time with them. And I never ever would have gone to places that I've been to um, or gone in the spirit that I've gone either, you know, with such a sense of adventure and, and joy and real blessing. Being a fan of the band just restored for me such a sense of youthfulness, which has driven me in all sorts of directions, you know, given me kind of the courage and and the, the um, passion to go off and, and try things and do things that um, I might have thought my years were, you know, I was beyond really and that I should have done when I was younger. But all of that has just been such a joy, particularly in regards to music, because um, when I became a fan, I was very much in a, in a kind of music desert. I was still listening to music that I'd listened to in the 70s and the 80s, to be honest, and desperately looking for something new. And um, one of the things we did when I became a fan was we took out a subscription to Rolling Stone magazine. And I did that specifically because I thought Hanson might be in Rolling Stone, which they were a couple of times. Um, but what happened, my, me and my husband began scouring Rolling Stone for things to do with other musicians. And we used to turn to the back couple of pages where they would put out the new releases. And we found so many people that we have become really big fans of, bands that we never would have heard of, an artist that my husband particularly loves called Laura Veers, um, who we go and see a lot, and a band called The Wailing Jennies, who are from um, Canada and America, who sing really very, very beautiful folk music. We've seen them a lot. And that desire to find out about new music for us both was a direct result of being a fan of Hanson. If I had not become a fan, that would not have happened. Um, we go to, to music, live music concerts regularly. We must have been to seven or eight this year, not Hanson. And I'm 16, my husband is 58. And for people of our years, we are just soaking up so much current music and enjoying every minute of it. And Hanson are absolutely the catalyst for that. And I know it would not have happened without them. Thanks to everyone who contributed to this show, and that'll wrap it up for not just this episode, but one of the more eventful years in Hanson history. Hanson actually kind of returned to the mainstream a bit this year, which I didn't think would ever happen. The last time we had anything like that come even close to happening was in 2010, with Thinking About Something getting some summer airplay. So they pulled out some magic this year for sure. Hard to fathom it has now been 20 years since 99% of us were introduced to the band. H-Bomb Show on Twitter, H-Bomb Show on Facebook, H-Bomb Show at Hanson.Zone for emails. We'll be back in January to begin Series 3 of the H-Bomb Show with something I've been trying to put together for a while now. I think it's going to be a two-parter that will give everyone a pretty strong nostalgia dose. Have fun if you're going to back to the island in a couple weeks. I will talk to you in January. Happy New Year, everyone. But for now, it may be over for you and me. And by it, I mean 2017.
Hello, this is Babe Miller, international recording sensation. My favorite Hanson memory was listening to the Halloween show this year when my man said, What's your story, Miss Brandis Simmons?